0: You know, we are starting a new sermon series today. It's called Authentic Community. Not just community, not just we're giving it a shot at community, but authentic community. Like what's God's plan for life together? Community. It was actually made from two Latin words. Two words that meant the gift and togetherness. Community. It means the gift of life together. That's the chance that we have But what we have to be careful of is all too often When a church begins to talk about community They all of a sudden start thinking very horizontal Do you know what i'm talking about? Like the first time we hear the word community go ahead take a look left take a look right go ahead and do it You start thinking of that You know what i'm saying the people around me and what's going on and maybe even what's going wrong and community Yeah, that's not what we're talking about Okay Community, biblical community, authentic community, starts by looking vertical and a relationship with Him and a power relationship with Him that spills over into one another. That's community. And that's what we're going to be looking at for the next nine weeks. How do we go after that authentic community? Think of it this way. We, the church, the called-out ones to Jesus Christ, we've got a responsibility And it's to do way more than just tell, to talk about Jesus Christ. In fact, we have a responsibility to care for one another, to spur one another on. We have a responsibility to demonstrate Him to a lost world. To demonstrate His forgiveness and His hope, His power, His care, His love, His growth. Jesus Christ alive in this place and us running hard after Him. With God at the center, running hard after him, we can experience authentic community. In fact, it's the only way. Uh, Did you ever notice this? If you decide to go after the secondary thing, well, then the primary thing gets lost. It falls away. So we're not running after community with one another. That's going to come. We're running after him. And the natural outspill is a community with one another, a fellowship with one another. So as we look at community, an authentic community, we're going to break it down into nine weeks. We're going to walk through the book of 1 John to do that. 1 John. In this gospel, or in this epistle, he has a great sequence of challenges for us that any authentic community must have, will have, or you're going to be missing a piece. So we're going to be walking through the book of 1 John. Before you open up and get there, I just want to tell you a little bit about the book of 1 John, all right? So the author... Well, it doesn't start out, John the Apostle. It doesn't start out that way. It starts out, that which we have seen and heard, and he begins to describe Jesus Christ. So how do we know who the author is? Well, actually, if you go back to the Gospel of John... It really starts out pretty much the exact same way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And there's this very strong similarity of metaphors and types. And and as he explains who Christ is and how he knows him, you see this great commonality. And more than that, you see the church, early church, embracing that this was the Apostle John who was writing it. You know, the guy who laid his head on Jesus' chest, and the guy who was described as the one that Jesus was dearly loving. John, he has a passion for Jesus Christ. And that's the one who's writing this book. It's some 30 or 40 years after Jesus has ascended into heaven. And he's writing this book to challenge the church to say, Hey, it's all about him. Let's not lose sight of who Jesus Christ is. That's what's going on. Now we also have to keep track of this in the book of first John in the writing here. There's some context This term was called Gnosticism And it was a uh, A belief that people had at the time That went like this Physical Bad Spiritual Good Okay So the physical tangible things of life Were just evil in and of themselves And 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 the spiritual things of the world Those were awesome Problem If that's true And God became man Physical Did he now take on evil? So then they start changing things and they said well, he must not have really come in the flesh What he did is he came and he he looked like he came in the flesh That's what was going on. And so this is the kind of teaching that was taking place It was beginning to knock down the physical. It was beginning to say that Jesus Christ himself Not so much in the physical but a really nice and strong spiritual leader for us and our god it was the demise of the fully God, fully man That's spoken of in scripture And in fact, they even got so far as starting to talk about sin And its non-existence in your life And its non-effect And everything was unraveling And John's like, give me a pen Okay, that's what's going on So we're starting with the book of First John Authentic community is our goal And today, we're going after one thing We're going to learn about true fellowship Yes, I said that word True fellowship. For those of you who know me, you know I have a big problem with that word. Why? Because the word fellowship has somehow come to mean potlucks. And I don't have any problem with potlucks. I love them. I love eating with people. But it's so much bigger than that. It's so much other than that. Can fellowship happen at a potluck? Oh, man, yes. Can it happen anywhere else? Yes. Okay? So we're going to learn about true fellowship. One expression of them is but there's other expressions and we're going to learn about all of that. Okay. True fellowship and how it looks biblically as we dive in. All right. So let's turn to first John chapter one and learn a little bit about fellowship and authentic community. We've got the ushers coming forward. They've got some Bibles in their hands. If you need a Bible, as we walk through this verse by verse, just raise your hand and they'll get a Bible to you. Okay. Just get their attention. They'll get one to you. True fellowship. That's our goal. So the first step in true fellowship is know the living Christ. K-N-O-W. Know the living Christ. Let me just start out in verse one. Remember, this is John, who was totally endeared to Jesus Christ, knew him personally. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it And testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which was from the beginning. What beginning? Well, at the least, it would be the beginning of the gospel being shared, the beginning of Christ coming to earth. But I think it actually is much more than that. That which was from the beginning, if you actually go back to John chapter 1, the gospel of John, He says in the beginning was the word and there we're talking about eternal beginning all the way back to when nothing else existed but God himself Yeah, the word was then that Word was from the beginning and it says which we have now get ready All you gnostics out there who think Christ doesn't exist in the flesh, right? This is what he's saying as he's penning this right that which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes and we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. I love this. John's got a problem going on with some people. So he give, he, give me a pen and he sits down and the first thing he does is he goes right at the center of what they're talking about. News flash. Jesus Christ. I heard him. I saw him. I, I touched him. I'm telling you, he's real, and he was physical, and he's tangible, fully God and fully man. That's my word, Jesus Christ, completely in the flesh, completely God. Let me tell you, we heard him, we saw him, I even got to touch him. I've been with him. I'm a witness in the first class style. Notice he says, the life was made manifest, shown, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life. Watch this, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. With the Father, Jesus Christ, God, becoming man as well in the flesh. The God-man, that's who we know. I want you to understand, people, He's alive and He's real and He is absolutely God. And he is absolutely man fully in the flesh His sacrifice meant everything don't take away his physical or we lose the sacrifice John's going right at the heart of the Gnostic problem Notice he says that there is eternal life in him knowing Jesus Christ is not just for the moment But it will last for all eternity knowing Christ That needs to be our passion Notice he says here that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. Yep, he used the fellowship word that you too might have fellowship with us. What is that word fellowship? Well, it's the word koinonia. It means to lock arms with one another and to do life together. It means to share in a common vision and a common goal to commonly share the plans and the purposes and the hopes to be there for each other in care and need and fellowship Yeah, it might mean eating together But it means so much more About doing life together and notice he says we have a purpose here When you see the words so that we need to say purpose clause There's something being stated about why he's telling us these things. He's telling us so that you might have fellowship with us. Uh, The beauty of this explanation is he's saying, you can have fellowship with us if you have fellowship with Christ. Look at the next statement right after it. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We're with God Almighty. We are with Jesus Christ in our relationship. We are passionately following after him. Come with us and follow him. It's not about come follow me. It's about be with your almighty Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, and look, I'm following him too. We're side by side. We're together. The, the coming together of community, one another, is actually uh, as you follow him and as I follow him, We get close together The fellowship of the community You see all too often in the church The first thing we begin to do is lift up the community and the fellowship and we're all excited about getting people hooked up And we start trying to figure out ways to do it And so then our next question is Well, what do you like to do and what do you like to do? And let's try to find common ground and and all of a sudden the common ground is not christ it's Anything else you can think of and the connecting becomes very humanistic and all of a sudden it's become what you've heard me Dearling call a club. You're making a club because you're building it on nothing but horizontal purposes and statements. But if we build it on who Jesus Christ is and we run hard after him, that's when true fellowship can be built. May we run hard after him with all we've got and know him with all we have. It says here at the end, verse four, here's the second purpose. And we are writing these things so that our joy May be complete That's perfect timing A little bit of celebration on that one right so that our joy might be complete Our joy meaning not just him the writer and him those who are hanging around him while he was writing But all those together who are now having fellowship with each other as they run hard after christ our joy Can be Well, it can be so-so Is that what he's saying? Or, Or yeah, your joy it can be mostly there. No, your joy can be complete As you run hard after Christ. With others around that are doing the same. Let that settle for a minute. Joy. As we abide in him. And we do it with others. John chapter 15 talks a lot to it. I'm not going to spend time here with it. But John's big on the abiding with Christ. And the relationship with him. May we look for the joy that comes from our relationship with our almighty. And with those around us who are doing the same. Our joy can be complete How full can our joy be? Complete. How full can it be? Complete. complete joy. Do you want a little bit of that? Uh, I don't really want to have complete joy. I'm not really into that. I think I want just a little taste of joy, right? Of course we want that. Why wouldn't we want that? Let's go after him with all we've got. You know, there was a, uh, a young Chinese boy who was uh, going to be trained in the wares and the trades of his family and uh, they were gem salesmen And so the father and another one brought in this son And they began to teach him and to train him And the first day that they brought him in they sat him down and they picked up a stone of jade Okay, and they handed it to him. They put it in his hand and they said do not put it down And so he's got to hold it all day long and he's handing it back and forth through his hands. And as he's taking notes, he puts it over and then he puts it back. And and at the end of the day, he was allowed to set it down. When he came back for class the next day, he picked up the jade stone and handed it to him and said, do not put this down. And he had to hold on to it as he's taking notes and learning about the gems and learning how things go. And and at the end of weeks and weeks, he's like, I keep hearing all these facts and I'm not sure I'm really getting anywhere. And, And the next day he came in and the father hands him a stone and he goes, hey, that's not jade. And he goes now you've learned you see knowing is more than just facts it's experiencing it with all you've got experiencing it with all you have know the living christ i'm not talking about get some facts in our heads and make sure we could grasp cognitively theologically what might be true i mean like experience him with all you've got A life with Christ where we're handing ourselves over where we're saying Lord take me Let me have a power time of worship where I'm just handing my heart to you and celebrating you May I hear what you have for me. May I listen to your word. May I come to you in quiet times and Father may I experience you and Christ may I experience you Richly and deeply more than just knowing knowing personally and experientially it's the beginning of fellowship john starts out not with I want you all to get together he starts out with let me introduce you to my christ may we know him passionately purposefully personally so that he can rock our world how are you doing with that how are you doing with going after the lord help me experience you that's our job to do it through time in the word, time in prayer, just keeping your eyes open to what he's doing with circumstances. Sometimes he does not pull off of a circumstance. Have you ever known that? Sometimes there's heat and you don't like the heat, but he's there with you. Lord, help me walk with you in this and know you deeply and richly. Know the living Christ. It's the beginnings of true fellowship. Second, walk in the light as he is in the light. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Check out verse 5. He says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. Okay, this this person that I just got done describing to you, this word of life, this amazing Jesus Christ, well, he's got a message for you. And at that moment, you know, you'd think you'd lean in, right? It's like that commercial way back, right? When E.F. Hutton speaks, right? And all of a sudden, everything gets quiet and everybody leans in. Like, that's what, he's got a message for you. Hang on. What's he saying, right? Like, let's hear what he's got. He says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. The metaphor of light, well, what's it mean? Well, it means he's the source of life. Things don't grow except that they're in the light. He's the source of truth. You don't actually see things revealed except that there's light. He's the revealer of the hidden. He's the revealer of righteousness. He is the unbelievable purity and perfection. God is light. In fact, in him is no darkness at all. Uh, How much darkness is in him? Yeah, we're a talking crowd. It's okay. I know you might not be used to it. It's okay. Just talk out, right? So how much darkness is in him? None. None. Like there is no darkness. That's not much, right? So he's light. Without any darkness at all. Why are you saying this? Glad you asked. Verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him. Remember, there's that fellowship word again. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So let's break this down a little bit. If we say that we're having koinonia with the one who is light. I'm walking with him and I'm talking with him. I'm locked arm in arm with him and I'm sharing passion with him what he loves. I love what he hates. I hate where his vision is. That's my vision where his hope is. That's my hope. I'm running with the almighty. I have koinonia with him. That's what's coming off your lips. What's coming off your hands, though, is you're walking in darkness. You're walking in the things that he's not about. Remember, he is light, in him is no darkness at all. So apparently where you are is not where he is, right? This is kind of like the no duh, right? Like you're saying to me, the one who is light's over there, and you're hanging out in the shadows. And I'm supposed to believe you're in the light? Dude, I'm seeing you in the shadows. That's all he's saying. It's a simple metaphor to get this point across. Don't let the words be on your lips. Just show it with your hands and your feet and your heart and your head As you begin to run after the things he loves and you avoid the things he hates Make sure that your fellowship is something you're modeling Not just lip servicing Well, what does it mean to literally say that I walk in the darkness? Well, it basically means you've decided on a kind of a mid to long term continual path of junk of sin. In fact, we're told satan is the father of darkness. You're hanging out there in his domain You've chosen some things that are sin and you're living in them over a prolonged period of time We're not talking about the little foot dabble. We're talking like you've chosen to go over and hang out there. Who does that? well, there's really two people that do that one is The person who doesn't get who christ is at all And i'm not believing in him. I'm not even sure i've heard some facts. I'm not sure what to do with it and so I'm not walking where christ is I don't I have never asked him to forgive me of my sin to use his shed blood to replace What I owe I haven't done any of that. I'm truly an unbeliever. I I don't know who christ is not walking with him But there's another person who does that as well, and that is I I believe in christ I'm, just choosing to go down this other path for a long period of time a prolonged period of time And in fact as a follower of him for some reason i'm not following him and I'm wandering where I shouldn't be. And both of those parties are wrestling with walking in darkness. The problem is we're missing out on the joy, remember? The complete joy that comes with walking in the light. We're missing out on the privilege of being with him. It says here that in fact if we do that, we lie and do not practice the truth. We lie and do not practice the truth. It's uh it's kinda obvious. I'm in the light just picture somebody's like out at the pool and they're tanning They've just loaded on the lotion. You can still see the white streaks from them, right? Because they they do that and then they take this chair and they scoot it underneath this massive oak tree Right, and they're laying under there in complete shadows and they're like i'm in the light. You're like dude You're getting no tan anytime soon. You know what i'm saying? That's all he's saying. He's saying come on. Let's wake up If i'm seeing shadows all around you if you're covered in it, you're not in the light Let's be real fellowship with the almighty god Is going to have our hearts and our hands and our feet running hard after him We don't just say we're there It'll show in our actions and behaviors. That's all he's saying Let's make sure we're in the light verse seven So let's cover the opposite side, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light We have fellowship with one another. There's that fellowship word again We have fellowship with one another and the blood of His son cleanses us from all sin If we do go where Jesus goes, if we run where he runs, if we're about what he's about, if we're interested in what he's interested in, if we see the hurts in this world like he does, and we reach out and care, if we are offended by what he's offended by, if we're affected by what he's affected by, if we're moving so that he's glorified and I'm not shown off, Lord, it's all about you, we're beginning to walk where he wants us to walk in the light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, remember he is light, we're walking in him as the source, then we have fellowship with one another. Now we have to be careful with this. In fact, what it's saying is this, if we, we, that's you, me, the whole body here, okay, this is us over here, we corporately together are banding together, and he's over here, the light, and if we come over and walk in the light, then we together, the body And the Father, the body in Jesus Christ, we have this fellowship together. It's talking about a chance for you and me to lock arm in arm and be able to experience God deeper and richer and better than ever before as we walk in the light with Him. We can experience God Almighty. That's our privilege. But more than that, once you begin to experience that, here we all are over here huddled with him in the light and we're having a blast and we're walking with him. Guess what? We start experiencing each other deeper and richer as well. And now all of a sudden you get this community going on horizontally as we together vertically have gone after him. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. First with God Almighty and then with the one standing next to you who's doing the same. When we go after true fellowship it starts with going after God first I mean we talked this summer about what it means to have a church that's fired up It means we will be going after his glory. We will be celebrating his holiness It will be all about him in my life. And as you do it and I do it. Oh look we're kind of standing side by side That's what it means. It's like this picture a triangle. Okay And when you're down here at the two endpoints and there's this top vertex, right? And as you start to move closer and closer to it, you actually get closer and closer to each other. That's us. Moving towards God, getting closer to him, does bring us closer to one another. That's our choice. To have fellowship with him will bring fellowship with each other. Oh, it'll happen. Try being... In a small group with somebody and wrestling through things and praying through things. Try serving next to somebody as you go after God in your life. And as you begin to experience change with Him in your life, you'll be amazed at how much you start building camaraderie with those around you that are doing the same. The privilege of knowing Him. Notice that it says that we have a chance to walk in the light as He is in the light. And then it says right after it, the blood of Jesus, His son cleanses us from all sin Now we have to be careful with this Because there's going to be a talk about forgiveness and cleansing in this passage and there's really two aspects to it The one aspect is during salvation that moment where we've accepted him and we are at that moment forgiven We are cleansed in that we are counted as righteous. We are his children never to be taken away adopted We are new creation we are absolutely once and for all his from a justice perspective. His righteousness is on me and I'm counted as righteous newsflash. But I still am not. I'm moving along and progressing towards him. I still have sin in my life, right? You say, Tim, where do you get that from? Well, we'll get to it in a second. But look at verse eight. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. It's that simple. So we have this counted as righteous that happens right away at salvation. I'm trusting in you. And he's like, from a justice perspective, covered. Now let's begin to help you experience this as I perform a divine surgery in you called sanctification, by the way, as you begin to grow to be more like him. And you will be amazed as you experience this. So the cleansing, it's a one-time shot from a justice perspective, and it's a lifetime experience as you continue to learn to let go of things. And he surgically goes in and removes the muck in the middle of our lives that we're clinging to for some Unknown reason that brings us no joy, but a lot of self. You know what I'm saying? And and here that sin is now being pulled away and we are literally Because of the very blood of jesus christ and the power of god at work in our lives We're beginning to experience what he's already counted as true. Are you hearing it? What an awesome privilege we have To be safe in his arms As he grows us To look more like him if we walk in the light If we literally choose to continue with him on a long-term endeavor where he wants us to be and what he's about We will have fellowship one with another And we will be cleansed Please note this You're not cleansing yourself He's doing the cleansing We're just putting ourselves there, right? It's sort of like man. You should have seen how much tan. I muscled up on me this week, right? Did I do that? No, I put myself in the Sun I went like this And the sun's doing the, you know what I'm saying? That's what it's about. Lord, may I be in your light. Lord, may you change me, cleanse me. You're doing the work. I'm just placing myself in the light that you might absolutely change me. We've talked about this before. The thing that gets in the way is our own personal desires and the sin. And it becomes like a veil that's just blocking that light Get back to the light, get out of the darkness, run with him. That's our privilege. That's our joy. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' son cleanses us from all sin. I got to tell you, this is where it starts to get emotional for me. Because so many of us are wrestling with why God doesn't seem real. Why is the sin not changing? Why can't I get rid of? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. That's where we need to be. It's the purity and the simplicity of God. You've got me. I'm putting myself in your glory and in your presence. And Lord, I am going to constantly be removing the sin from out of the way. May you just change me. That's what it's all about. There was a guy who had gone out to the Niagara Falls, Dr. Sweeting. And he's hanging out at the Niagara Falls. It was early spring, and he's watching as these icebergs are kind of breaking and coming free, and they're coming down the river, and they're going over the falls. And they're pretty big icebergs. And so they're really kind of intrigued, and they're watching them as they go and hit the bottom, and you kind of see them no more as they go down there. And and so they're getting closer, and they're watching close, and they're using binoculars, and all of a sudden they notice there's seagulls coming up and landing on these icebergs all over the place. What's going on? And then they can see that there's fish. That have died and been frozen in the ice and as the ice is melting the fish are now accessible at some level And so these seagulls are flying over and they're grabbing the fish and they're trying to tug at it And they're tugging and they're tugging as they're coming closer and closer And then as they get close the birds are feeling whatever and they end up flying off And they noticed there was one bird That landed and was on the iceberg and was going closer and closer to the falls He wasn't getting off and they're like, that bird isn't going to make it, man. Look at him. And he's going closer and closer. And then they could tell he's flapping his wings. His feet had frozen to the ice. And this thing could not get out. And the iceberg went over and went down with the gull on it. And his statement, what he wrote was this, his summary. He says, there's a great danger in delaying from releasing the darkness. There's a great danger in releasing sin too late. It can have consequences in our lives. May we always be ready to release and fly away as fast as we recognize it to be what it is. Our challenge needs to be, Lord, may I see your light. Lord, may I grasp what the darkness is and may I grasp what it's not. And may I begin to let go of what I need to let go of and go hard after you. Question for you. How are you doing with walking in the light? And how are you doing with walking in the darkness? Are you ready to let go? Are you ready to step back into the light and literally let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse you from all unrighteousness? And maybe you're in a position where you're like, I haven't even done that before. I don't even know what you're talking about. Are you ready to put your hands... Your heart into His and say, God, you've got me. I'm trusting You. Please use your shed blood to replace what I owe. Oh, it's not about lip service. We can say it all day long. Lord, may it, may it affect me and impact me in a way that'll last an eternity as I'm with You. Are you ready to hand yourself to Him? So, our first challenge is to know the living Christ. Not just hear facts about him, but know him experientially. And our second challenge is to walk in the light as he is in the light. Make sure you get where God is and bask in his glory with all you've got. And then the last step is, well, how do I do that walking in the light? What if I'm in the darkness? And so John addresses it. He says, be real about your own sin. That's the third point. Be real about your own sin. Notice he starts verse eight and he says if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us it's like he's saying hey i need you to go walk in the light and people are like ah i really i'm not doing anything wrong anyway he's like look if that's your argument man are you deceiving yourself in the first spot you were lying to others now you're lying to yourself you've got to get a grip oh you've got sin in your life you know what i mean it's sort of like the Okay, whoever is perfect raise your hand and then when they raise their hand you're like and now you've lied You know what I mean? Like none of us have it together, right? We're all working on our stuff. All of us are making progress towards being more like him And he says simply if you say you have no sin Well, you're deceiving yourself. That is not true. Truth isn't even in you if you're saying that Well, great now you've convinced me that i'm a sinner You've convinced me i'm not perfect What do I do with that? He says, glad you asked. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Confess. This word means to just speak in agreement with. Do you know that? Confess. I think somehow we think it means flail oneself and sit in shame. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's not confession. That's still pride. Like, woe is me. Look how hard it is that I have to let go. You know what I'm saying? We're still making a big deal out of the sin and about us. As soon as we just let go and go, I agree with you. That was a bad place to be. I'm with you on that one, God. Please forgive me. I'm over here now. I'm with you, right? That's confession. Like, I'm just agreeing with you, God. It needs to go. I'm done with it. I confess. Please forgive me. I want to let go. And I'm running back to the light with all I've got. That hurt, I'm done with that. Please, Lord, help me be with you with all I have. If we confess our sins, well, the beauty is what an amazing God we have. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful, always there, and just. It's already been covered once and for all paid for for you. And if you've accepted him as your savior, it's done. I will live that out in your life and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Three things you'll probably never hear God say. Actually, you will never hear God say, "Uh, I'm a little busy right now. Could you just hang back for a little bit? I got a lot of people confessing at the moment. Just get in line. You know what I mean? It's not the McDonald's drive-thru like God can handle anything anytime bring it to him God's not going to be complaining about the timing of the confession or uh seriously you again with that that's not God's position it's come running to me and let's get the light back in your life with all we've got what an amazing privilege we have to come to our God Faithfully and in justice as he forgives He's not too busy. He's not complaining. He might and here's another one. You won't hear him say well that one's a little too big You know that hurt and i'm just gonna have to put you in your spot for a moment That's not god. How many times do we feel like god's literally trying to say i'm going to hurt you back for that? That's a lie from the pit of hell he is faithful and just To right then and there be available and ready and willing to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now hear me. Remember, we talked about two different facets. There's the salvation position. Where do I stand with him right now that I've trusted in him? And that's good for all eternity. The justice perspective done. This forgiveness. This cleansing is the experiential relationship opportunity you can have with Him to see that meted out. He is just because He's declared you as clean and now He's going to live it out with you and watch you experience it with Him. You have the privilege of saying, God Almighty, help me experience your relationship. Wow. That's a privilege. I'm telling you, This has been a hard week for me as I went through these verses because there are so many who are wrestling with life. And feel like god is judging or god is against them or god And there's a way to understand these verses as we walk through them Which we've just talked about where we see him as amazing and forgiving and he's so just and right and he wants to Forgive and he wants to cleanse He wants to literally take that veil in your life and clear it away so that you can literally begin to bask in his glory Do you remember this talk second corinthians chapter 3 that the almighty power of the almighty God literally beaming out on you like the sun and this is all you have to do And you begin to be cleansed and changed forever It's a privilege and an opportunity that we just don't take advantage of why is the church so dead? And i'm not talking about harvest peoria. I'm talking about universal. What's going on? I'll tell you why because we go like this This is kind of hot I'll go over here in the shadows feel a little better now Get a little refreshment over here. Ooh now. I'm hanging out in the dark It's getting kind of chilly and and why am I not changing and and because we're not basking in his glory Why would we do that John 3 19 and 20? Did you know the natural state of man? Is to not want the the light It's to resist darkness. Well, why would we do that John 320 because we don't really want to be exposed. That's what it says. We literally are resisting being exposed. It's like, don't turn me over on that one. Now my pride's coming out. Like, I don't want any piece of that. And please, our passion needs to be, Lord, bring your light. Lord, may I bask in your glory like never before. Father, may you may I experience a, a fellowship with you and, and a joy with you. May I begin to be forgiven and cleansed. And may I move to be more like you, not because I'm Faking it, I'm muscling it. You know, tomorrow I'm like, I'm gonna be loving. So I go out and I mow the neighbor's lawn. And the whole time I'm mowing it, I'm like, can't believe that slug isn't getting out here and doing it himself. You know what I'm saying? And then somebody walks by and you're like, hey, hey, how's it going? They're like, What a nice guy. Mowing the neighbor's lawn. You're like, Yeah, right. Right? Inside, we're doing it for the attention, and what's wrong with that person? And that's not sanctification. Okay? It's Lord, what are you doing in me? And as I stand before you, nothing in the way, man, do I begin to change. If we leave the sin, just kind of building like a brick wall becomes that veil that blocks his glory. We're no longer basking in the light. We're no longer being cleansed. In that moment, he's leaving us right where we are to hang on so that we just get sick of it. Are you ready to be sick of it? Are you ready to be sick of it? Yeah. Usually when I ask a question, it's yeah. Time to speak. Yeah. I'm serious. We got to be ready to say, God, I want you. Please change me. Take the junk out of my life. May you be put at the center. Notice what he says right after it. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned. No, I'm perfect. Never, never, ever had a sin. Well, that's blasphemy. You're making God a liar now before you were lying to others Then you were lying to yourself. Now you're lying about God It's blasphemy and his word is not in us John's got some pretty harsh words and i'm telling you John's not a gray area kind of guy John loves the black and the white and he's simply saying this i've laid my head Upon the chest of this god I've met him I've seen him He's changed my life forever and I've watched him do miracle after miracle I've seen his authority and his power get to his light and don't mess around with any darkness Get away from it. Let it go I'm telling you the forgiveness and the cleansing and the joy and the fellowship you want him Get it with all you've got and I'm done talking That's John black and white Run for Jesus with all you have. i got to tell you, it's nice and it's easy to say. Uh, It even preaches well. But in the end, it's all up to you. It's all up to me to say, Lord, I'm going to do it right here and right now. I'm ready. I'm done with this half in, half out. I'm done with kind of basking for a moment and then hiding it all and I'm done with the anger explosions and I'm done with the being upset at's and I'm done with the lying fours, and I'm done with the all the sin the, the little things, the big things that I'm letting mount up. Lord, I want to set it down and bask in your glory. That's our joy and our privilege to know him. To walk in his light. To treat sin as it really is. It's a poison that needs to go. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up as we just get set here. We're just going to take a minute or two for each of us to respond. A time for us to simply say, Jesus, I need you. Like, Lord, I'm confessing my sin. Just agreeing with Christ. I agree. That's wrong. It needs to go. Please forgive me. How dare I put that in there? Think of it this way. You died for that. Why am I embracing that? Let me let it go let's just take a minute or two here where you just begin to say you've got my heart I'm clear in house Lord you have me let me open in prayer and you just take some moments by yourself with the Lord Father God we thank you for the privilege of being able to agree with you the one who is faithful and just Lord we thank you for the honor of being able to know you our hearts Lord may we come to you now storming the throne of grace embracing the privilege of walking with you and confessing just take some moments here with them inhale, we're just going to think about the promises of God from this passage just thank him for being forgiving, faithful just an amazing God who's come to earth to be with us worship him now